are um, so excited today because we're doing something a little bit different. We're not talking about Housewives. We're talking about some of the other Bravo shows we love. We're going to talk about the current season of Below Deck Med, which we were just binging recently. And then we're going to talk about the Shaw's reunion, which took months to come to us and was very exciting. I'm Ilana. I'm Dina. And we are so excited to start this episode. So with Below Deck Med, it was really hyped up about how, you know, it was women leading what was this season going to be like and then it has had a lot of controversy controversy you know blog play with the fact that one of the um deckhands called the unit he's such a loser what's his name peter peter he is a bit of a misogynistic man and he didn't he do some not nice tweets yeah he i think he got in trouble for some racist tweets i am pretty sure they were from his past but not that long ago so that has been kind of on the show already but as we're watching it there has been a lot of drama for fans hannah you know she's back does she want to be back i think she's here because she's pregnant in real life and she needed the money before she officially ditched this bitch. But <laughs> her. And I'm glad she's stopping by for one last, you know. Hello. Yes. So, you know, just seeing um, Hannah really just half-ass everything has always been a pleasure. And I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, but she does seem particularly miserable this season. And I don't think she really likes Malia, the um, bosun. I, I, I don't think that was great news to her at all. I don't think she liked her in the past, and I don't think she likes her anymore. But she has Kiko, right? Yeah, I love Kiko, the Brazilian chef. He is such a great energy. His food looks amazing. Um, In later episodes, Bugsy has come back, who I personally do not like because she's a bit of a gossip. She's a bit shady. I'm a little protective of Hannah, and I didn't appreciate the fact that um, when Hannah was caught messaging with a guest, she sort of went around to everyone and showed them and then kind of, I believe, even took it to the captain. But I felt a little bit pregnant. I said great memory. Thank you. Seasons passed. Um, but I didn't really like that about her. I don't like that type of girl. And I certainly don't think anyone who is on a TV show is in the same situation. Like, I'm not saying those aren't the rules, but these people are definitely probably more interested in being on the show because they're being filmed along with this cast than they are for just being on this boat. It certainly is an expensive trip, so they clearly wanted to be on the boat, but being a little like 15 minutes of fame is part of it and being around this crew, specifically someone like Hannes who's been seasoned, it's not that surprising, and I just thought Bugsy kind of came across to me as jealous and childish, and I didn't appreciate her. But I will say this season, I thought she came much more humbler, Is that is a word, with, with humility, if you will. And I, did, I was scared the plotline was going to be sort of her and Malia against Hannah, and I really don't think. I think Bugsy has come in with the intention to be helpful to Hannah, and I think she 
probably was aware that this was Hannah's last season. I think everyone seems to have a certain, not the necessarily cast, but like production and the way Hannah's being handled. So I feel that like Bugsy came in knowing she was going to be transitioning and I wouldn't be surprised if next season and from onward, she's sort of the new head stew that we come to know. Completely agree. I feel like they're setting us up that Bugsy is going to be, you know, in here. I feel like um, Malia is going to be back next season as well. I do think Captain Sandy has been a truly extra in every single way. Everyone. I, I just feel like she's a lot, like she's overbearing and she's not in the good way when things are really bad i feel she could be you know really helping out the people who do need her support and then instead she seems to be annoying the people who are actually doing a good job i truly feel kiko one of the reasons he seems to be getting worse and worse in a certain way is that she just is overbearing and they all seem to be making comments that are kind of like backhanded things to him and so I feel because he seems a very sensitive person like it's just starting to affect him but I like both with him and um I like that with Kiko and Bugsy they both do have a positive energy something you don't really see on this show ever and I think because both Ilana and I as stylists and even in work environment, that's how we were also taught to be. Just, you don't, you're just always upbeat and happy because if you're doing something you love, it's a privilege. And, you know, no matter what, when you're with clients, you want to make sure everyone's happy and keeping that upbeat is going to keep everyone around you in that mood. So I do appreciate that on this show, but I, I think um, that so far, I've liked this season, but I haven't been, like, I don't feel like every episode you're like, oh my god, I can't wait for next week. It's like, okay, done. I agree completely. First of all, I'm not really a fan of the third stew Jess, not really because she doesn't know what she's doing, because she's the third stew. Even she says herself, like, she's not meant to know how to do everything, and I don't think she kind of was one of those people who lied about how much she knows or not, but I just feel that she always, um, her attitude is sort of unpleasant and I and I and I don't feel excited when I see her I'm not really tied to her love story with the um sad man who I can't think of his name um that she kind of has this sort of, he, he just looks like a sad skeleton to me I would just want to feed him I just want to give him one of those nachos that they've tried to feed the um the guest on the most current episode I'm like eat those cheesy nachos that'll fatten you right up boy Oh my god, that whole thing Kiko made, and I, that's when I knew, you know, I am a six-year-old boy, because I was looking at everything, and I was like, I would have enjoyed all that. Would yes. I want more cheese on the nachos? Yes, but I would have really liked that meal, and I would have been like, he did a great job. So this actual episode is probably the first episode of the season where I had an emotional reaction, because I agree with you, this whole season has sort of been maybe not pleasant but you're not really feeling a lot of tension there's not a lot of drama there's there isn't a lot of even feeling between the cast Hannah seems annoyed and over her job she doesn't even seem to have the energy to engage with Bugsy I think they brought her on thinking it would rile Hannah up and it didn't I think Hannah's just resigned but I felt 
so emotional that I'm not even gonna lie. I am having my lady visitor. And for those of you who want a more crude version of that, I am menstruating. So I will say that may have a, 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 a um, effect on my emotional state, but I cried when Kiko served that meal and Captain Sandy was so nasty with him. He is such a talented chef. He did a seven or six course meal, I can't remember, for 12 guests, you know, six, I think, course meal, 12 guests, 72 dishes. He was amazing. Each dish looked more incredible than the last one. He has so much creativity and such a good spirit. And Captain Sandy, who has been, as you said, extra AF, has been so on top of everyone this season and useless. I don't know why production told her to get so into everything or if it's just from her own kind of fame that she really wants to get as much camera time as possible, but she's driving me crazy. And when he served that ridiculous, I'm sorry, Zena, but ridiculous display of food to these beautifully dressed, beautiful couples there to celebrate elegantly who spent a ton of money and he serves up like, fried kids food after he had planned to serve shrimp cocktails and bruschetta and mix in some of these kind of finer dishes and Hannah stopped him from doing it and then Hannah kind of lets him get in trouble doesn't interject at any point before he served the food to stop him from only serving crazy fried food and also when he's getting in trouble doesn't interject to say you know I was the one that steered him this way and he looks so deflated and so upset and keeps saying he's going to leave and that he'll he'll accept being fired when he has actually really genuinely had the best attitude was trying so hard to do well and be kind and be lovely and i just felt like sandy kind of wanted to make an example of someone and to choose Kiko was ridiculous when she's got a way worse stuff i mean peter should have just been fired after he was sexually harassing Malia Bugsy and being inappropriate the whole season. Like he turned out to be someone Bravo then had to cut out of episodes because he was such a bad guy off screen. So to think that they didn't just take the opportunity to fire that guy and that Kiko might get fired is beyond extraordinary. And it broke my heart because you see how much he wants to do well and actually is capable of doing extremely well. And if he didn't have someone so kind of breathing on his neck and looking to make him be at fault. I mean, the biggest crime that he had committed before this night, if you will, in terms of cookery, was that his portions weren't big enough. But to be honest, if you eat fine dining, the portions aren't usually very big. No, I, heartbroken. I think Kiko is a complete, like, waste of time. Like, I mean, waste of time in the fact that he is great. We don't need to see him trying to fail. And even like I know that they tell like producers and when they're when these people are coming on the yacht, like, you know, make a big deal about certain things. So they have to look for things. But I felt like those guests could look for other things. Now I agree with you with the meal, like, yes, I would have eaten that because I love junk food. But in an overall sense, if you're on a yacht, it should be of a certain level. And I I know when Captain Sandy watches this. She's going to say she did not realize. However, you know, he still should have known, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think, I think he thought, you know, Hannah's on his side and that he can trust 
that she's advising him. He wants to do the best. He wants to show everyone he's trying his best. So I agree with you. I thought it was so heartbreaking. It was the only time that I've watched the whole season so far where I actually was emotionally like, no, not Kiko. And I think the unit, also known as Peter, is just yucky. Bravo said they cut a huge amount of time of him being on the show. I haven't seen that. I feel well, like... I just so we really didn't see him. I noticed that. I mean, anyone who comes in calling himself the unit, if you're a Jersey Shore fan, you know that's not a good sign because the unit that's from Jersey Shore was a real POS and so is this guy. Piece of work. But you know what? Speaking of pieces of work... I feel like the Shaws of Sunset two-part reunion had a lot of, you know, a lot of work it could have had done for something that <laughs> for so long. I have to say, yeah, I was not impressed. So I feel like we need to get into it. I wanna, I wanna know your thoughts, your when Gigi, you know, at one point, this is a spoiler, you guys, but I feel like we can go there now at this point in our relationship. Gigi has to get up to leave from the camera and is literally just in sweatpants. And it's <laughs> off her tush eating from a bowl. And I just felt to myself, this is this what it's come to, Bravo? You gave us, what, four months or three months of seeing no reunion and everyone saying it's so epic it's what we're all waiting for atlanta reunion was what we were all waiting for everyone shaws no i give you a c minus a c minus which to me is just like an f so alana what are your thoughts because as you can see i'm not emotionally invested at all and haven't overanalyzed this at all so i watched both reunions i was in the bathtub having a relaxing bath and though i know their reunions are usually actually quite emotional i definitely felt it was way more intense than i was prepared for which is funny because they have been um very vocal all the cast members in the press and over social media about their discord with each other but i just wasn't expecting the intensity i guess i got very nervous i felt like usually at reunions they build up and this one really came in hot i didn't even know nima had issues with everyone you know so much i thought it was really gross especially reza who i love and i'm a stand for but i do have to say when they showed the post that Reza, Gigi, and I forget who else was in the picture, maybe Destiny, had done mocking Nima's teeth, which I know everyone's made a lot of jokes about um, how white and shiny they are, and they are a bit extra. But I don't really like when people sort of body shame, and I think making fun of someone's look, even if it's their teeth, is a form of that. And Reza, I feel, should be in a place where he's not really fixating on his anger and fixating on hurting people because even if you find someone annoying it's just sort of been an exhausting year from him for him sorry I mean his his best friend of as he has and she has mentioned throughout this uh, reunion several times of 30 years has been at least temporarily lost so you would think he would not want to hurt other people coming from such a place of hurt himself and it felt I don't know it felt mean and then I also felt like um, Gigi, not unsurprisingly, was just so nasty and mean. And when she was 
I did laugh when she was just so stoned out of her mind and trying to tell Nima he's not part of the show. And then I love Andy because I love when Andy gets shady and gets all into it. And was like, honey, I know you're really stoned, but he's part of the show too. He's a shop. And she's trying to argue with Andy that he's not. And I did enjoy that. That added a little levity. And I definitely loved when um, Destiny was trying to make a point about her state of mind and her involvement in the Mercedes Reza feud when she just kept every five seconds go Andy June Andy June I'll tell you Andy June and I was just sort of feeling the the vibes of all shows and I was thinking you know you have your doctor you have your lawyer you have your Andy June and I just liked it so much but I thought it was interesting that because okay of course this whole season we love Reza like, has been about Reza and MJ's fight. And when in the reunion, you know, they make everyone leave but, but Mike. I was so sad when we didn't get, like, I felt like there was a lot of other stuff that happened throughout the season that kind of was, like, I thought there must be a part three, you know? And even that it wasn't a reunion, it was a watch what happens live to me was insulting, I guess. So I do agree with you, you know, now that I'm like thinking about, you're right, there were parts where I really do feel like a lot of emotion and I felt I wanted to know more. But at the same time, I thought they and we deserved a lot more. I, I just did not like how it ended as well. Well, I just, before we get into the Reza Mercedes, um, kind of conversation and deeply emotional fight. I thought it was very interesting that Sada wasn't there. I mean, they they kind of put her in. She had interviews during the season. She was very much a part of the season. Her fight with Destiny was addressed during the reunion. And then I thought it was weird that she wasn't on the reunion at all. And especially given her whole story with um, R. Kelly and her backstory, I thought it was very odd. I mean, her brother Sam, and uh, Destiny's relationship with him was a part of the season. It was a plot line. There was an ongoing fight between her and Sada. That was a lot of Destiny's plot line. So I thought it was very bizarre when we didn't see her. And I was expecting her to come, at least in part two, sort of in a friend of style. And we didn't get her at all. But I think, like you said, they just didn't want to focus a lot on the stuff that they felt wasn't as meaningful to the season as Reza and Mercedes fight. Yeah, I feel like with her... I mean, the only thing I actually found interesting about her was the fact that she dated R. Kelly, especially. Sorry. Oh, I just said fascinating. Yes. And I just wanted to know more about that. And they all kind of brushed past it, and especially with everything happening with R. Kelly and that after all these years, it's all kind of coming to light. Um. Wind down with Tasha T, you guys on YouTube will give you so much detail about this. I hope I just said it right, but I always watch her. I have a lot to watch her. She's amazing. She knows everything. But anyhow, so, but like, that's what I really wanted to know. Besides that, she is so forgettable. And not that she wasn't like, I thought she was cute, but I honestly don't even like think about her. But you're right. Her brother, the thing about her, there's just a lot that I felt. It was such a quick reunion, and 
even like what happened with Mike and and his girlfriend and everything. Like I just wanted sort of more. And with Mima and Mike, the fight they had throughout the season, they kind of really quickly went through. So I gave this a lot of thought because yes, I found the story of Mike's journey of growth, him finding Paulina. I was so happy. I'm very happy for Mike. He seems genuinely happy and in a place of peace and he seems back to being kind of Rabbi Mike, which I like when he's the mediator, when he's the wise one. I think his fight with Mima feels petty, but I do want to kind of uh, like understand their relationship status and everything. But I do not think that there is a show without Mercedes and Reza, and I could understand why they spent pretty much the entire second half of their union after they excused the other cast members. I didn't even need them to come back. I was very emotional watching it. Uh, that friendship, not just that it was 30 years, but it's something that really translated on camera. Since the show began, there's not like a lot of characters that you actually felt like you could get behind because their life is very eccentric their choices are very questionable at times and there's a lot of discord not just amongst each other but in their general life and behavior so someone like Gigi who's been around since the beginning but she's not someone that you could just easily get behind she is a little bit of a rogue kind of individual even just the fact that she is smoking weed and she has an infant child like even if she's not breastfeeding, I don't know, I don't really feel attached to a person who's making those decisions and especially so proudly so much so publicly, you know, and Nima, he's new, I don't really know him well enough to get behind him. Destiny's kind of saying like she's been great about being super open with her life, but I don't really have the same attachment to her, even though I find her very charming and beautiful. Um, no, same kind of even with Mike, I'm really happy, but his story's in this like really good, calm place. But Reza and Mercedes, as friends, we have watched them for such, like such a small part of their overall relationship and friendship. And it's so real. It's so emotional. They've been through so much. There's so much backstory and you feel it when you watch it. You feel the love. The, they are so both of them emotionally honest on the show and off the show. So the fight felt so much more personal than any other reality show kind of fight that I've ever seen. And the pain in both of their eyes when they were discussing their breakdown. And it just made me feel so sad and I wanted to see resolution. And I was very heartbroken during the reunion because neither of them seemed in the time from when they filmed this season to, you know, during quarantine and after, they didn't seem to have a lot that they were giving up. They were both really holding on to their side of the argument, their story, and not really acknowledging the hurt they caused the other. It was really difficult to get them to even admit like slight wrongdoings because even when they'd admit it, they'd admit it with like a but, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, in a very Tom Sandoval from Vanderpump's kind of way where it wasn't heartfelt because they were excusing their own behavior. And it really, it really, it was difficult to watch because it felt so like we actually destroyed something.
No, I agree with you. Like when I was watching it, I felt, you know, so bad for them. Of course, I kept thinking because, you know, from Reza's mouth, even in March, he was letting on all these different podcasts, letting everyone know that MJ had been planning this because she was still mad about what he did do at the second season reunion. Um, Letting everyone know, like, she robbed a bank and that, you know, some other stuff. You guys want to hair. <laughs> Repeat that. She doesn't have hair. Yeah. Um, And you guys just watched. The, if you haven't, Shaz is amazing. Watch first, second season. First season doesn't have a reunion, but second season's reunion does not disappoint. But anyway, so when you know all this stuff, you know this goes like way, way back, which is even in a certain way even more screwed up because they are, in a, to me, 30 years their family. But I was there and I, I was even so sad. And when I was realizing it was ending, in my heart, I was thinking, you like, you were there? <laughs> what? Did you say you were there? No, I didn't. I thought you were like, I was there. No, I was just saying, like, emotionally. But then when it goes to, you know, weeks later, and we see Reza looking all disheveled, and then we see um, Mercedes outside, not wearing a mask. Not wearing a mask. And in the park. And I'm just thinking in my head. One. This is obviously during the pandemic right now. Also. How did they film this so nicely? And the reunion had to be filmed in a Watch What Happens Live content. Context or whatever. And like. Was this all planned? And I know it wasn't. I know I'm being illogical. I know it wasn't. This is real. I mean, I believe Reza and MJ were in a dark place, and hopefully now they are friends. But it just felt very calculated. And I don't know. I didn't love that they did that. No, it did feel produced. But at the same time, I think what I said before, that there isn't a show if there isn't a relationship between them. And I think that probably Bravo producers got involved and said you guys have to find a way to be able to film together and we want to show that there can be another season so speaking of another season then what really quickly are your predictions for next year do you think even though they just you know just said they're gonna be best friends everything's cool do you think next year they're gonna come back and be frenemies do you think they're gonna be thick at thick as thieves do you think Gigi is gonna be back or are we gonna just let that bird fly 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 away like where is your head at well first of all just getting Gigi out of the way I think we're stuck with her for life much like Larry David with his friends I'm resigned to the fact that we're stuck with Gigi I would love to see her fly away and you know get high and just reach the sky but um I don't think it's going to happen. I think the cast that we left with this season is the cast that's returning. There might be kind of a new Sada, like a new kind of pop-in. I loved when we got some more time with Mona, um, Ben, uh, Nima's sister. But I, I get maybe she's not interesting. Maybe they in you know sharing more of her life. I, I think it was great with her. So I would love for her to come back more. With regards to Reza and Mercedes, I really think that there is no way that their friendship will be what it was 
for a while. And so I think next season and maybe even the season after, it's going to be a lot of like frenemy behavior where it's them sort of trying to get along and having special moments where they feel really connected, but then also having down moments where they're arguing about the past because neither of them are exactly known for letting go of the past easily. I personally, I mean, I would love to hear your opinion on whether, like, what you think about the fight, but I do believe that Mercedes was very much involved in trying to produce this Ali story and try, having him come on. I think she told him to call it sexual harassment to have the messages from Adam. But I think that the second Reza disclosed her personal medical information on the show, he crossed the line that was equal at least, if not worse, than what she what she had done so i think next season is going to all be all about that but i think they'll both be open to filming i think the restraining order against tommy is going to be lifted there's going to be episodes about tommy and reza episodes about adam and mercedes like i think next season is going to be focused on trying to build them back up but having moments of down what do you think no i completely agree you said it perfectly like i definitely think mj engineered this whole season I don't care what she says, but I do think what the words, Reza is the type of person where I feel like his actions, he does amazing, beautiful things, but when he feels wrong, he will say the most hurtful and mean things, because in that moment, I think he wants, like, everyone to see who you, who he really thinks you are, which is not always the best quality, but I do think I don't think he does anything, even though this sounds so... Because I do think MJ and Reza have produced stuff like what they did to Gigi years ago. I don't think he's a mean person. I don't think he's, like... I don't think his heart is mean. No, I don't either. I love Reza. I just hope, you know, with MJ and him, they can get to a better place. But I am excited about next season. I do hope that whoever they bring in next will be more like, even though I don't think Mike would let this happen, like maybe Mike's girlfriend, you know, let's learn more about her. But who knows? It probably will be a friend of Reza's. But I'm excited about it. And one last question. Do you think that what we saw was them already filming next season? I yes. think yes. I do. Yeah. I think um, they gave MJ the money she wanted. I think she's back. I think she proved she can do a season well. And she was doing it even when she was really, you know, not in the best situation in the hospital, which really just shows how amazing she is. She is amazing. I mean, that woman almost lost her life, and yet she was still texting and choreographing this season. And it's kind of impressive. But I'm excited about next season. Me too. I'm very excited for next season. I, I really can't wait to see where it goes. I actually think next season is going to be more interesting than this season was because we're going to get a lot of the building emotions instead of the breaking down emotions, which are much more interesting and have a little more um, variables to it. So I'm very excited and I can't wait, but I'm also very excited for the interview that we have coming up. We are interviewing Sherry L. Nevich. She has an epidemic label. 
and her designs are amazing, super gorgeous. We are so excited to interview with her, chat with her about lots of things, but really just find out what inspires her brand. So we're so excited to begin, so let's get started. I love your style, impeccable. Oh, oh we about yes. it. We always are watching what you're posting and your designs are so beautiful. So cool. I love the shoot that I would you like with the over piece that you did. Oh my god, I love it. Well, just Thanks. so everyone can know, can you tell our listeners a little bit about um, yourself and where they can follow you and yeah, yeah, your amazingness? Yeah, just give a little um, bit of your backstory, please. Absolutely. Just a little bit of background for me. Um, I'm a native of Montgomery, Alabama, born and raised. I'm the third child out of four. I have amazing parents. Um, I moved to Atlanta 16, a little bit over 16 years ago. Met my husband 16 years ago at Starbucks in Lenox Mall when I was working retail at Neiman Marcus. And um, yeah, the rest is history. We've been married for, it'll be nine years in October. We have a little one who's 15 months. His name is Sir Bobby Third. And um, yeah, I'm a, you know, city girl with a Southern heart. So <laughs> I a little bit about me, my um, your viewers can follow me um, at Sheree L. Nevada on Instagram. They can go to our style gallery, which is ShereeLNavette.com. And um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Just a simple girl. <laughs> you, are, you are very fabulous. There's nothing simple about you. I love that. And can you tell us about your um, designs? We know you have a lot of um, sub collections, like what inspires everything. Yes. We just are obsessed with everything. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you so much. Well, um, of course, our current capsules, I do more capsules versus collections. So with capsules, a little bit more smaller. You guys know about this. Um, and I try to um, get things out monthly, you know, some, a new product, just so I won't overwhelm the consumer with a huge collection at one time. I like for her to, it's, it's art, you know, the world of fashion is an art world. So I, when I produce, I think of it as art and just imagine yourself going to an art gallery. You don't buy the entire gallery the, 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 at one time. You pick and you choose. So I like to do capsules. So our current capsule, which is, we're on series number three, is entitled The Complex Woman. And we were inspired by my husband's book, which is The Philosophy of a Complex Woman. Um, we collabed on this particular capsule. Um, and so he's the mastermind. If you look at a lot of our prints from this um, current capsule, a lot of the black and white sketches, he's the mastermind behind the sketch art, which are all found in his book. And so, you know, we had a conversation probably two years ago when he first launched you, he was like, we got to do something, you know, with this, with these um, sketches that I've done or whatever. And um, he said, I see a dress. And, you know, I said, I see a handbag, I see shoes. And, you know, so we were just playing around, but to fast forward, I got pregnant, had a difficult pregnancy drama, d difficult delivery. And um, we thought that this time was the perfect time to present this capsule to the world, to you guys, to the viewers, to our consumer. Um, the complex woman is not a bad name. It doesn't mean that you're crazy or whatever, but we're all complex, men, woman, boy, girl, but his audience is it's, or it's women. So a lot of the sketch art from um, that capsule you'll see on a lot of our shapes and silhouettes this season. So 
well. We're getting great reviews. And then we have a little capsule called Birthmark. I started Birthmark. I launched it two years ago. It was just a red lipstick. I'm known for my red lips, even though I'm cheating today with pink. Um, but I, I, I wear red every day, every season. I, I, my motto is all you need is a red lip. I don't do a lot of makeup. I just do a red lip for the most, most part. So I said, this would be great if I just come out with a red lipstick, which will be an accessory to, for the SLN girl. And then of course this, this year, earlier part of this year, um, I got a lot of feedback from the customer. They said, we want to see more colors and can you extend, you know, your um, cosmetics line? And it wasn't even like a cosmetics line, but now Birthmark is a cosmetics line. Um, we have more shadows. We have more blushes coming. We have more lip colors coming. Um, so Birthmark, we have a little apparel, um, a sporty chic line as part of birthmark and pretty much everybody is, has a birthmark you're stamped at birth with a unique quality a unique characteristic a gift a talent so that's what birthmark means and then the next little um line you see is probably play dress up which is our bridal collection and so that came about probably five years ago you know every girl loves to play dress up and so that was me as a little girl, fast forward to the year of me getting married, I couldn't decide on which, you know, silhouette I wanted to wear for my wedding. So I picked three. Like I chose, I designed three gowns. And so, you know, the play dress up is for that non-traditional cosmopolitan bride. She's not looking for your full ball gown or your typical, um, you know, bridal dress. It's just something, a silhouette for, for her to feel fresh, feel fun, um, feel playful. So that's where, you know, our bridal line came from, play dress up. So that's a little bit more about, you know, who we are as a brand. Oh, I just love, I love it. it. The ideology behind it, I think, is so but also brilliant. the names of the different yeah. lines. I think it's so clever. You can really see how you are an artist in the full, whole <laughs> sense of the word. Like, your approach, your design, but down to the name and the detail. It's so amazing to see sort of someone who is able to express on so many levels their artistic conscience. I love it. And you're so a girl after my own heart. I always wear red lipstick. Because, yeah, she never so I am the same. We're twins. I am the twenty. Is this um is the hat you're wearing? Is that a part of your collection? Actually, no. This is my mom's hat from the I want to say 19 in the 80s. She got this hat. So, you know, I love to play dress up in my mom's closet as well. So she That's gave me Probably I got this. I've been here. I wear this all the time, but this is like 10 years old for me. I've had it 10 years, but she had it since the 80s. So yeah.
such as you guys who are who embrace the style every day. Um, the SMM girl is just perfect for you guys. The, the Cherie on the vet brand is perfect for you guys because you guys embrace fashion and style just on an everyday basis. And it's just natural. It's organic for you guys, you know? So that's the heartbeat of the SLN girl, the Cherie El Nevet, um apparel woman. Oh, I yeah. love that. It's very much the same. You know, this is a fashionist, but style is um, from within. Exactly. I agree. And um, so you, you had mentioned you worked at um, Neiman Marcus. Is that where your career first started or? Fashionably, yes. But I actually, um, I was shopping at a boutique at the age of 15 in my hometown, Montgomery, Alabama. And the manager, she was just, she was like, I love what you have on. Do you want a job? 15. I was like, sure. Absolutely. So that's how it started as a little girl, probably at the age of 11. Um, as a preteen, I knew that I wanted to be in the fashion industry in some way, shape, form, or fashion. But in terms of understanding about more of the business side and the creative side from styling and all of that, that started when I was working at that particular boutique in Montgomery, Alabama at the age of 15. Fast forward, I interned at Neiman Marcus while I was still in college. And then after I graduated from the University of Alabama, I have a BS in fashion merchandise with a minor in marketing. They hired me back full time. And that's when I moved to Atlanta and worked retail. You know, you, you know how it is retail for the first <laughs> few years of my career. So I went from the retail side to the wholesale side, worked for a company called Tahari ASL. And then from there, a wonderful Italian label picked me up, Piazza Simpioni. And I was with them for 10 plus years. And um, yeah, so that's a little bit of my history. And then, of course, I was style celebrity stylist and I, I styled for a lot of shows and um, in between gigs. You know how it is in the fashion world. You just, you know, you just explore everything. So then I finally embraced. I always knew that I wanted to be a designer and have my own brand. So I embraced my own collection a little bit over six years ago. So that's oh, so exciting. Lovely. And did you style anyone who is sort of like, oh, my God, I, I'm so excited I styled this person? Was there someone who really highlighted? Well, actually, great question. I did not actually style this particular person, but Janelle Monet, she's worn a few of my pieces. She yeah. has? Yeah, she's worn, yeah, a few of my pieces. And um, uh, and a few other celebrities have worn Sheree El Nevet apparel. So, yeah, that's just one, you know, recognizable name that has worn my my clothing so that's pretty cool i'm not surprised yeah though, she's amazing she, she's so avant-garde yeah like she really ahead. has an eye oh, for yeah she's like innately stylish uh, she has such a chic approach to to fashion i really love her i she's, love her yeah um so you know just in terms of your career and, and using social media to make brand awareness and to, you know, shape your brand. What sort of platform do you most enjoy using and how, which do you feel has sort of helped um, bring your, more awareness to your brand? Well, I'm actually, I'm an old soul. I'm, like I said, I'm technically challenged. I'm in the 1980s world. Um, so I'm really, during quarantine, I'm embracing social media a little bit more. I have a wonderful sales assistant and a wonderful intern who's been trying to push me for years now with social, social media. But finally, personally, I'm finally like, taking advantage of it or embracing it a little bit more. So I'm a girl of Instagram. I think Instagram, it's so much fun. 
you know, none of it is easy, but it's easier for me to um, access and to kind of operate. And one thing I love about Instagram is that you just post a, a cool picture, put a little description, <laughs> and then you're done. Like, it's a lot of <laughs> Also, a great thing about it is I meet, meet so many wonderful people such as yourself across yeah. the globe from all backgrounds, not just, you know, that, you know, appreciates art, art or, the, or fashion, but from all backgrounds. So that's a cool thing about social media. But I'm still just an um, Instagram girl. I'm only on Instagram right now. And we'll see about Facebook and the other platforms. But um, I see you guys are working it. So maybe you guys can teach me a little bit more. Oh, <laughs> it would be our pleasure. Whenever you want. So for you, are, do you have any current favorite brands that are on right now or like that are your favorite obsessions? My favorite obsession. I your own. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to my old school ways, but you know, I'm a pretty timeless girl. I like to mix and match. Of course, all of us do. But I love Christian Dior, Chloe, of course, Brunella Cuccinelli, Derek Lamb, um, all the queens, Alexander McQueen. <laughs> Um, Alexander Wayne, Tracy Reese. She, it was love at first sight when I had an opportunity to meet her probably 18 years ago. Um, so she's always been one of my favorites, such a great down to earth, um, designer who I just, um, looked up to. She really inspired me in so many ways to, um, that was my first one-on-one -one conversation with, the you know, renowned, um, African-American designer. So, getting into the industry at such a young age, meeting her at Neiman Marcus and seeing her brand, um, you know, sold at Neiman Marcus. It was just so inspiring to me and something that I was just like, hey, I can totally do this. And she was just, like I said, so down to earth. So she's one of my favorites. I'm trying to think who else. Of course, Piazza Simpione. I'm, I'm biased towards Piazza Simpione because that's <laughs> that, you know, I was under their umbrella for quite some time. Um, and I just love um, European um, brands, especially Italian brands. So Zach Posen, of course, I love his dresses still. Michael Kors, he's just, you know, um, he's a general in the industry. So I have to respect those who kind of have paved the way for people like myself. And then I can't leave out B. Michael. He's a name that a lot of people don't know, but he's been in the industry for a long time and he's amazing. So those are a few of the designers that, you know, I've grown to love and I still love and still wear um, to this day. Then of course, you know, if you see me on the streets, you'll see me mixing it up with Forever 21 brand, you know, Zara, H&M. Then of course I'm always wearing something Cherie Eldevet, always. <laughs> like this top. Oh, I love <laughs> it. blouses right now which is really fun I love the dainty dresses with the chunky boots yeah you're rocking it right now um I also love the strappy sandals over the pants that's so 
that was so me as a little girl, just because, you know, I was always the punky Brewster, you know, kid. Oh, punky Brewster, that's something I haven't heard in a minute. Yes. I love that. So Kids Incorporated, Mickey Mouse Club, you know, I'm inspired by Jam, like all of those great characters and shows. So I love the new trends that are coming right now. We call it, me and my friends, we call it like a junkie look, but it's a good junkie look. Junkie yeah. is a good phrase, um, so which means you just mix and match whatever, anything goes. That's what I love about fashion. And in my world, my husband's like, okay, Sheree, like something, sometimes he can't go out with me depending on what I'm wearing. Cause he's like, he's a little bit more suited and booted and I'm very animated. I'm very costumish sometimes. You know, I love, you know, Audrey Hepburn and Iris FL, you know, so that's my life, you know? So um, yeah, so those are some of the trends that I like right now. And then of course with my brand, you, you always see timeless silhouettes such as the pencil skirt, the shift dress, sheath dresses. And we play a lot with interesting novelty fabrics. That's what really pops our collection each um, season. It's amazing, just amazing. Yeah. I, I am <laughs> such a huge fan of your designs. It's I, I still like just sitting here thrilled we're yeah, talking to you. It's so cool. I can't wait to see, like, I want to wear it all. Yes, I have to send you guys some pieces. We have to collab when all of this is over. Yes, I <laughs> love that. Our, um, our creative director slash photographer, Christina, like, our, we were showing her, you know, your stuff, and we were all just getting really excited. We have been talking about doing sort of a um, road trip that we okay. want to do where we're kind of, you know, blah like blogging kind of the experience but a fashion road trip and it would be so cool to come to atlanta get, to, get to do it you know yeah i would love that i would totally love that we would have so much fun and i, I would just love to see how you guys would style it you, you guys are yes. your style is so amazing well, <laughs> the best time one of my favorite things about fashion and you know, I have worked for designers, I've worked for showrooms, I've styled clients, you know, and coming from all these different places, one of my personal favorite things is how the designer, the stylist, and the person would all not necessarily style the item the same way. And I love seeing how different people approach the same piece. It always excites me, and I especially am always sort of tickled to, to really just so excited when I see how the designer would at a lot of the fashion shows that I styled you know it would be so interesting to me how the designer imagined it going down the you know the sh the runway versus you know the style interpretation of it and the wearability factor and I just I love that it's always very thrilling yes it shows how many ways you can kind of like style a, a pencil skirt or a shift dress it's just so cool like you know and um any clients that I have a great relationship with that, that that are my friends or family, I always tell them, send me a picture. I'm just curious as to how you're going to style it. So that's always fun to see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, wait I to show you how we do it. <laughs> well, besides with us, obviously. Yeah. Um, do you have a dream collaboration, though, that you would like to do? Speaking of dream collaboration, of course, with the Solomon sisters. Yes. That <laughs> Thank you. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on Tongue and Cheek podcast, but um, I really, honestly, I really love your style. Um, there's so many great people, not only designers, but people that I would love to collab with. Um, some are dead. <laughs> like if she was alive today, that would be a great collaboration. I have to figure out what I can do with her. Um, who else? Deanna Verlin. Oh my God, if she was alive today. One of my favorites. 
Um, one person who is alive would be Andre Leontali. I think he's oh, fat. Did you read his book? Yes. And did you oh, see the Oh, my God. Chills. I mean, he has just had such a life. And I didn't know he was best friends with Lee Radswell. And yes. I mean, I was just like, who are you? I thought I knew who you were. Who are you? <laughs> he's amazing. Some kind of way we to, like, connect you guys, you know? Because you guys would be great, like, all together. So I would love to do something with him. And if she was alive, Jackie, oh, oh, my oh, goodness. Yes. I think she was one of the fiercest first ladies. to me and that was the birth of 
um, Sheree El Navet Apparel, my first launch show. So that will forever be in sketched in my in, in my heart. Um, it was the the looking back, it was the worst show ever. <laughs> to the clothing to all of the above but I love it because I took a risk and um, I stepped out on faith and um, Atlanta supported me like none other my family and my friends supported me like none other like I was just you know in a whole another dimension but it was to be honest it was the worst show ever but I'm so glad that that was the birth of my baby and I see how each each season, I just evolve and evolve and grow and grow. And uh, but yeah, if you go back to clips, I have to send you guys a few clips. You'll be, you'll say, okay, I see what she's talking about. But that is an event that would always just be a highlight for me um, for as long as I live. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything. Like I've worked with phenomenal like stylists and um, celebrities and all of the above. But for me, that is one eventful moment that um, actually stood out. And we'll forever stand out. You took something that I feel like maybe other people might take as like a negative or like something they don't even want to, but you look at it in such a positive way, which just shows the beauty of you and your brand and the ideology. And I love it. Thank you so much. I think it's interesting also that you live in Atlanta. It's such an interesting, like, super, super dynamic city with so many creatives and really, like, amazing people who have achieved so much. I I wonder, like, how has that influenced your designs and your brand? Because it seems like such a great city to be in. There must be so much inspiration. Yeah, it's a great city to be in. I call, you know, especially when I I visited here, as I mentioned before, with my father as a preteen, I fell in love with this city, you know, being from... Alabama, you don't see skyscrapers, you don't see, you know, a lot of style, a lot of fashion. Uh, So coming to Atlanta as a little girl, and then of course, moving here after I graduated from college, um, you know, the heartbeat of the city is so fantastic. You see all of the, everything here, all of the above here, and you meet so many great people. And most of them are, especially in the city, are city people just with Southern hearts. Even if you move from, you know, the Northeast or wherever, you know, you will adapt to that Southern hospitality and all of the above. So, um, yeah, so meeting people on a daily basis is always just an inspiring um, situation to me. But some things that that inspire me would be just like my family or friends, relationships, um, travel. You know, I traveled so much. I used to travel anywhere between 70 and 80% of the time, constantly in the air, constantly in the airports, doing trunk shows and trade shows and fashion events and all of the above pre-pregnancy. Of course, I slowed down after a lot. Then also with COVID, you know, you know, this global pandemic we're going through, um, I'm not traveling as much. No one is really traveling. Um, But I get a lot of inspiration from my travel from Tokyo to Dubai to Paris, which is one of my favorite cities. I love Paris. Um, So I'm inspired by everything, not just art and beauty, but it could be anything. It can be, you know, avocado or a piece of fruit. Like, it can be anything. Anything inspires me, depending on the season, depending on the moment, um, the mood, the vibe that I'm in. Um, I'm, I'm really inspired by just pretty much everything, everything good that comes from a good place, I should say. And I know that um, you had mentioned that you traveled a lot, but has sort of this change with Corona and everything 
kind of um, it's affected everyone's life in so many different ways but just creatively has it affected you you know no not at all it, it's actually have made me even more <laughs> crazier in a creative way um because i have obviously we have more time to kind of like really think and meditate and um you know um commune with our inner selves and so i've <laughs> I have come up with so many new um, um, concepts and designs and, you know, goals that I wanted to, that I want to achieve, you know, by the end of this year, or by next year. Um, so I'm finding it to be um, helpful. We needed to, this time. I know me personally, I needed this time to just sit down and kind of like, you know, I have a 15 month old, so I'm, you know, I'm not missing any milestones with him and, you know, more time with my husband. And um, it's a great time to just um, like, just be in tune with yourself. And, you know, um, check off your flaws, check off your weaknesses, and, of course, grow and evolve from all of this. You know, every day is something new. It's ever-changing in this, in this world. On the news is a lot, of, a lot of sadness. But, of course, like I said before, fashion is my heartbeat. It's something that inspires me. And um, so I try to dress up every day, even in the house. You know, my husband, he calls me Diana Ross in the house because he was like, <laughs> see me like in stupid stuff like this you know momentum going also I, I try to wear heels around the house you know something about a great five inch six inch stiletto I'm a stiletto girl um you know it motivates me it kind of like lifts me up 80 percent of the time I'm lifted with with style just playing dress up and so um this was a good time for me to kind of just you know, um, evolve as a designer, just figure out where Cherie Ellen Levette brand is going in the present and in this future, this digital world, as you guys know, I'm not tech savvy, but it's forcing me to become tech savvy, which is great. Um, you know, it's a great learning curve and I can't wait to see what's going to come out of it from all of our creators. You know, we're creative and we always survive the fashion industry, this multi-billion dollar industry always survives through everything. So I'm not concerned about that. No, of course not. And your designs, everything about you and your designs need to be on Vogue. Yeah, I just want like they're... the world needs to see. I think the mentality, the designs, they're so beyond and I just love them. <laughs> no, you have a timelessness to your designs that I think not just the industry, yes, it will survive, it does survive. I agree completely. But also I think you will um, grow and survive itself, your brand, because it's so unique. There, are, Like I said before, there's so many brands that are so trendy and they're not brands that I feel totally a lot of brands like embrace women, embrace femininity. There's a few kind of brands that I see kind of really having a good growth and following and I think it's coming from the fact that they're ultra feminine they're saying it's okay to be girly it's okay to be soft and beautiful and sort of have a little bit of a throwback in their shapes and everything and to bring back that old glamour yes. that we used to always and do I love that because when I look at your designs it has all those things and more thank you ladies thank you so much I'm appreciative um, so what have you been, though, um, doing to keep yourself busy during then quarantine? Just designing, obviously, you have a kid. Um, have you been doing anything else to keep yourself busy? You know what? I'm constantly texting uh, my, my family, my immediate family, even my extended family every day. I talk to my mom at least probably three times a day on the phone, but that was pre 
pre-COVID, we were just best friends. And um, I'm doing a lot of binge watching. Um, again, I'm an old school girl. I'm so sorry. I'm not relevant. So I'm, yeah. watch, I'm binge watching on the Sex in the City. You know, I can watch that over and over and over. All the series, you know, the movies, all of the above. A Different World, Rags to Riches. Um, you know, my husband and I, we, we love movies. So we watch a lot of movies to kind of just escape this negativity of this crazy world that we're living in right now. Um, and then of course, I'm always just online looking at fabrics, playing with my design team, my pattern makers, you know, speaking to production, you know, production was on hold for a lot of us in the industry. So now that we're kind of back to normal a little bit, um, just staying on top of that. So staying busy with a 15 month old, I mean, <laughs> but um, my husband, he's a great partner. And um, so we kind of like share the responsibilities so I can do my work, he can do, do his work. But quarantine has been scary, but it's also been fun. So those are the things that I've been doing, just catching up on my binge watching on my old school nostalgic, you know, shows. <laughs> Have you been watching too? Because you said you've been binge watching movies. Yeah, so I'm going back to like Mahogany with Diana Ross. Um, uh -huh. and of course, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and okay. uh, I love Dream Girls and um, um, Pretty Woman, Dirty Dancing. You know, all of those crazy, fun, girly, girly yeah. movies. I've been 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 watching. I still have DVDs, and I still have a DVD player. So <laughs> my DVD well, is substantial. <laughs> I think they're Dina loves them as well. Is a movie one is called It Happened One Night, and oh, the yeah. other is called The Awful Truth. The It Happened One Night is with Claudette Colbert, and The Awful Truth is with Cary Grant and Irene Dunn. And and have you seen um How to Steal a Million? Yes, oh my goodness, amazing! But yes. too, I think you will love when I look at your designs, I immediately thought of those movies, just the absolute chic luxe timelessness and detail i think you'll love it and i know your husband is very creative as well and i think he could appreciate that but do you like them, grace so kelly really too i love grace kelly i yes i do i love grace kelly oh the vibe grace kelly vibes grace kelly is just you know one of top 10 on my list actually yes oh and sophia oh. Loren. Yeah, What's that? You know Sophia Loren? Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, phenomenal. The houseboat. <laughs> I love, I love a romantic comedy that is not like I don't like so many modern movies because so many are over sexualized and the, they're more crude, they're more violent, they're just there, and even the wit is not as um, the banter isn't as clever. Yeah, no, bad. Yeah. Exactly. I love, I love the old movies because it's yeah. so much cool. They come from an um, authentic place, a, a true place. Yeah. So I think that separates the old from the new. Like I said, I love newness. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's all about staying relevant, but we can't do away with the old, you know? But that's why I'm saying. you, If you want to laugh and look at absolutely beautiful things we'll while you're laughing, you. you have to okay. watch The Awful Truth. And it happened one night. I think you can get them both on Amazon. Ilana will. I'll have a lot of messages. Yeah, I will text you these okay, details. Because I think I, I, you will just, like, 
inspiration everywhere and literally especially in the awful truth i could quite literally wear everything that irene dunn wears in this movie i'm totally going to look it up today actually yeah <laughs> so um you had kind of mentioned and i just wanted to ask you a little bit about like the fashion industry and where it's going do you feel like it's going through a revolution right now or do you think it needs to um y yes and yes um, you know, probably eight years ago, um, I used to tell my team, the team that I worked for, the company that I was with, um, that the industry was changing. I saw the industry changing actually 10 years ago, but I actually communicated that to pretty much everyone that I knew that I, that I work with. Um, you know, the customer is no longer about shipping your, you know, fall goods in May, June, um, or your spring goods, spring, summer goods in January, February. It's all about that buy now, wear now, um, you know, satisfaction. The customer, she's not looking in nine, 90 degree, degree weather, not anymore. She's not looking for cashmere um, in August, any, for, for the most part, anywhere in this, in this nation. Um, you know, summer is summer. So I think finally that we're, we're going to finally see that because it's right now it's, um, creating damaging our margins um and so with what's going on um with the production ceasing and um the fashion houses some are filing bankruptcy brick and mortars are shutting down all of the above we're going to see we're forced to change so this is why i started doing when i first launched capsules and producing it in the moment and producing so i produce spring for spring summer for summer fall for fall or winter for winter. Um, the only person who's, for the most part, you still have those customers who have multiple homes across the globe who needs to plan ahead. But for the, you have that bride or that mother, the bride who has to plan a year or two in advance. But for the most part, the consumer, she wants that instant gratification. She wants it now. She wants it today. If she's buying a summer dress, she's going to wear it tomorrow. So that's where um, the these fashion houses, these fashion retailers, they're forced into doing that right now um, because right now they're seeing, like I said, production has stopped. So with fall goods, you're probably seeing not a lot of fall goods on the floor right now due to production, the lack of production. So some, it's all about sustainable fashion. Um, so you're going to see a lot more of that. Um, so we won't waste um, a lot of fabrics. We have to worry about the economy, what, you know, these fabrics and materials are doing for us globally. So designers are thinking about that more and more right now in terms of um, runway, fashion runway, fashion week in New York and Paris, Milan, it's all going to be, I believe, digital. And even after this pandemic is over, you're going to see more things um, digital, um, such as buying from, you know, um, these major retailers to the actual um, um, stores. Um, so a lot of that is going to change. And, you know, I also think and believe that fast fashion, which is what we're calling it, um, has to change as well. Um, you know, I believe, like I said, I love Forever 21. I love Fashion Nova. I love all of these great brands, but we have to slow that down. Um, you know, it's okay to buy um, inexpensive goods. I'm all about mixing and matching, but don't let that be your lifestyle because it's all about investment pieces. So with sustainable fashion, 
You need to invest in those goods that you'll have for, you know, at least a few years. If you're investing $300 for a dress, I think you should have it, you know, for the rest of your life, actually. Um, so invest in those um, pieces that have impeccable workmanship, uh, luxury fabrics. And um, so we're going to see a lot of the fast and Fashion, fashion, the fast fashion slowing down. And then, of course, the high-end, you know, fast fashion labels, they're going to kind of rethink how they're shipping their goods, how they're producing their goods, um, and how they're presenting their goods to the final consumer and then also to um, their retailer. So um, it's good for the industry. Like I said, we are going to overcome this. This industry is huge. Um, we're the one of the heartbeats of, I, I believe, this world, you know, everybody has to wear clothing, clothing is, you have to wear clothing, it's illegal not to, so we're always supposed to wear clothing, um, so I'm just excited to see what everyone is going to do, but I know for me, I'm going to continue to do that by now, where now most of our capsules are transitional, so our customers, she can wear it, you know, year-round, for the most part, um, so that's what the customer's looking for, that sustainable um, fashion, I believe. I completely agree with you. Even um, like when I'm when we're both in the stores, that's where you can see it's going. And I know a lot of designers, I think Chanel is the only one who have said like, no, they're not changing anything. But the majority of the luxury designers have said they're not doing seasonal collections anymore. They might do two collections per year and it will almost be like rounded out of what's needed at that time. And I we both think that's so smart. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Pardon. I don't think that Chanel, I think they made this statement when it was sort of a bold move. I think they had enough for this coming year. They've already been looking forward from a couple years to have sort of these collections and they don't want anything affecting the, what they've already done. So I think they were trying as an industry leader to sort of say, no, we're not changing so that a lot of the smaller, let's say houses would um, follow awesome. suit, but they're not. And I think Chanel is going to have to adjust actually to um, sort of the pressure that a lot of little groups can can build as opposed to one big house and I actually think it's very you know Chanel has very smart it has lasted as long as it has by having very clever people understand the marketing and the needs of a brand like that to survive but I also think that their approach right now feels dated and out of touch and I don't think that they're going to continue in that fashion. I really think that they made a big statement that they're then going to reach. Not yeah, because Gucci right away was like, not us. And, no, and YSL like was like, we're not doing well, it. Well, but the thing is that's different about Chanel. Chanel has a lot of money behind it. A lot more than many of fashion houses that I think people are under the misconception that fashion houses have a ton of money behind them. But right. they So having someone like Chanel who has this massive amount of money behind them, but also money that they have to also, you know, people have invested. They also have to have show return on it. They are trying not to get any loss on their end and also kind of not bully, but push the rest of the industry to just follow them because it's good for Chanel. I don't think that's how it's going to all play out. But I hate the world of fashion. I hate to say we have to be political because it's about being fun in this world, like in the fashion world. It's all about escaping all of the craziness. So yeah. just feel like everybody should do what works for their brand. But for the most part, to your point, you know, that consumer is going to force us even more to 
like I said, change the seasonal dynamic. The fashion calendar is going to completely change. We have to create those those um, collections that are for today, you know, because no one is thinking about tomorrow. Tomorrow is ever changing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> your collection right so smart. And I mean, even just thinking of Fashion Week right now, for example, like right now, there's so many people who can't even leave their country. I mean, for example, if you're in the States, you can't even go to Europe. If you're in Brazil, you can't even go to the States. Like no one is traveling. So the idea that, you know, there will be Chanel in Paris showing their stuff, that it's not going to be digital now and that it's still it's not going to feel alone when they're showing these big things. But no one else is um you know, showing as well with them, it's it's going to feel silly. They are going to adjust. I think that the best thing, though, is that, like you said, when you have collections that fill your needs in the moment, it means that you're not um, out of touch. You're aware that things are so ever-changing. And you were ahead because you were already doing the capsule collection. Unfortunately, I was this smaller brand, still the smaller brand. No one would listen to me. <laughs> like you know but I kind of you know I think we're all like that we kind of see what's coming I never thought this was coming don't get me wrong but in terms of the consumer lifestyle her lifestyle was changing years back years yeah, ago okay. um so and I saw that and like I said you know this pandemic is forcing us even more to change how we're thinking and but it's going to be fun like I said it should be a, a fun situation nothing stressful this yeah. is a fact world um you know we are smart people don't get me wrong but it's supposed to be fun we're gonna have fun with it you know that's the thing I always think that sometimes especially if you've worked in retail you know one of the things I don't enjoy about retail are the people who take it too seriously yeah. I love fashion it's fun whether it's the client or it's a co-worker when people are are putting sort of um a pressure on it and taking it to be so it heavy should be it, like, it's, and fun yeah it's like you don't get yeah. this oh fashion is fun it's self-expression it's silly yeah. it's girly it's it's not, it's not meant to be something heavy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of your capsule collections, do you have any um, upcoming fun projects or anything that we can yes. kind of get a little sneak peek of? Yes, absolutely. So my son, who I mentioned before, Sir Bobby the Third, he has his, name. His, has his collection launching the end of September. It was supposed to launch on his birthday, which was April, but due to the pandemic, production was shut down so we pushed it back to the end of September it's so hard to find clothing for little boys oh my goodness you know little girls you find something everywhere but um you know I wanted my son to be fly you know and he has a fly you know style I said you know what we we partnered together me and my 15 month old son and um we're creating this for for little boys so he he loves fabric he loves colors he he's into all of that and um so we're having a good time so that's the project that i'm focusing on right now and then like i said we're extending we're extending the birthmark collection you're going to see more um lipsticks and shadows from us and then i have a little um project i've been working on for before the pandemic probably for maybe three years since 2017 how many years is that i can't count right now um, no, <laughs> I just want you all to know I did very bad in math that I was and I did really well. That's really sad. I did really I well. I'm not the one anyone should turn to when it comes to math. 
my husband, he's my human calculator. If I don't have him here, I, I'm like a, a bit. But I've been working on the project for quite some time. I put a, I put it on hold um, for multiple reasons, but this is the perfect time in this climate that is going to come out. And um, and I have this brand that's coming out really, really soon in October, um, her air. And it means her aura, her space, her breath, the air that she breathes, she wants to maintain and stay within her bubble by just staying safe. So all of this was pre like I said, 2017, I thought about this. Never knew this was going to take place. You're going to be able to travel better, work out better. And once we're getting back to traveling, hopefully soon, um, work out in your hotels, um, gyms better, go grocery shopping better, take care of your babies better. It's going to keep us all safe as women. Um, so it's called Her Air by Cherie L. Nevet. So just look out for that. It's going to keep you guys safe. So before we officially let you go, we have... Um a fun little game we like to play. And we're gonna do it with Sex in the City. So it is um, call, text, delete, Carrie Bradshaw, Miranda, or Samantha. And you have to say why for each person. Okay, so I would definitely call Samantha for her marketing expertise. She would definitely get me, you know, acclimated to everything and get my name across the globe. Um, I would definitely text um, Carrie, even though she's not a texter. So this is horrible with games, but I would text her. You know, hopefully she'll answer, answer my text. You and know what happens like that? She'd probably <laughs> duck at the, at, the, at the text. And then I will have to delete, you said Miranda, right? Yeah. Miranda was I would delete Miranda. You know, she's she's so serious. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love her seriously, but she's so serious. So I get overwhelmed or or anxious when I when I see her. <laughs> I think that was amazing. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. Well, thank you again so much. Yes. Thank you so much. That's like the perfect way to end it, and it was such a pleasure having you on. Everyone, please um, tell us again where to follow you so that they can stalk you as much as we do. Oh, thank you so much, ladies. It's been a pleasure. I'm so delighted to be here once again. They can, you guys can find me at Cherie El Novet. That's S-H-E-R-I-E-L-N-E-V-E-T-T. And then ShereeElNovet.com is our style gallery. Um, so thanks again. It's been so much fun. Thank so you. So much. Such a blast with you today. Thank you. Thank you.